0: what is up guys and welcome to pbe family therapy i'm dr k
1: and i am blow pop
0: we're very excited for the very first episode so it's gonna go perfectly just like every other every other type of media the first one is perfect
1: if you don't have a plan it can't go wrong
0: (laughs) oh this is gonna be perfect all right well let's hey let's start off with introductions why don't, why don't you go first and uh I don't know, tell people about your, a
1: little about yourself all right uh my name is blow pop i am probably one of the newest members of the uh pbe community i joined on what is that wednesday january 6th of 2021 at the behest of dr k over mm-hmm. there uh i am the agent or whatever my title is for uh wallaby hickams second baseman for the armadillos
0: awesome that's fantastic uh yeah and like you said i uh ended up bringing him into the league um because i was like i gotta have, i gotta have someone do this with me um so you know i figured out i would uh get my cousin on board by the way we're cousins so uh, yeah um, which is a a good time so we have not only just been cousins but uh kind of like best friends all growing up
1: yeah especially during uh you know, high school and middle school times when at least one of us was able to drive to the other's house. We were probably only 25 minutes away, and that was many a night in summer. Uh, We have plenty of experience enjoying sports with each other. Uh, One of my memories of all the times that we spent together was specifically, uh, I don't remember what team we used, but we had, I think, some fantasy draft in madden and we Mm -hmm. had both of us controlling and i got a real big kick out of controlling the fullback and just going and (laughs) decking somebody in front of you controlling running back
0: which is not a very common you know enjoyable part about madden i mean not a lot of people are looking to play fullback
1: no no it's it's a unique characteristic where i don't necessarily need to be the star i just need one person to know that i beat him (laughs) One-on-one
0: in the gap. You just got to make it happen. That's awesome. Yeah, we had tons of tons of hours of playing video games together, watching sports together, uh, you know, uh, commiserating along with all of the other Minnesota sports teams, uh, which is kind of a bummer. I'm still a fan of all the Minnesota sports teams. Would you still consider yourself a fan of all of them? Or have you changed now that you no longer live?
1: No, um, I, I would definitely say no. My my general take on most sports not just baseball but most sports uh would be i'm not necessarily a fan of specific teams with the exception being you know uh, allegiance to where i went to college Mm -hmm. but you know that has like significant personal meaning to me um sure but when it comes to professional sports i don't really care too much for all that many organizations usually I latch on to individual players that I really enjoy watching. And sometimes uh, it has overlapped with the strongest example being when we were younger and Adrian Peterson first came to the Vikings. Mm -hmm. That was when I did care about the Vikings. But then as I stopped caring about the organization, not because of anything they did, it's just how I developed as a fan. Adrian still ruined people day in and day out. For sure. And, you know, for for baseball, I happened to like Joe Maurer when he came to the Twins. For sure. Uh, I, I probably stuck with the Twins as an organization longer than anything else. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, since then, I've moved to Chicago. And uh, I was in Chicago for college during the uh, Blackhawks and their Stanley Cup runs. And I was in Chicago when the Cubs won their first World Series in mm-hmm. three or four th- thousand years but i didn't i didn't necessarily latch on to those teams um and then since then i have now moved to cleveland ohio so i've been in cleveland uh when the lindor trade happened within the last couple of days so uh i was i was in minnesota to see some Young potential. Yep. I was in Chicago to witness some realized potential. Yep. And I've been in Cleveland to witness falling from graces.
0: Yeah. I saw a tweet the other day, the Cleveland Indians payroll above $1 million. There are like five players that are making more than a million dollars next year.
1: Yeah. I was talking with my, my friend who I went to college with who is in Cleveland here. uh, And he said they still have Shane Bieber. Yep. Uh, and they still have uh, Jose Ramirez mm-hmm. And then almost everybody else on the roster Is like a minimum budget Like, yeah. I think the total payroll For the organization is $45 million Yeah I think that'll go well <laughs> And I, I asked him I was like so are they gonna use that Like saved up money to get Like a big free agent signing or do you think They're gonna use that to be able to like eat up An undesirable contract from yeah. a team that's Trying to offload somebody and he was like no <laughs> So so I guess they're just doomed for a while. They're just going to hold on to their money and,
0: you know, continue to be billionaires. The owners, that is. Yeah. Do you uh, have any particular memories of watching baseball as a kid or, you know, consuming baseball in some way?
1: Um, Yeah, Uh, I think probably the strongest memory of a specific game that I went to. um, I don't even remember what game it was because I was probably (laughs) seven or eight or something like that. But my dad and I went to a Minnesota Twins game. This is way back when the Metrodome still existed. Oh, yeah. um, I want to say it was against the Royals, but I don't remember what year. Uh, anyway, it was probably early 2000s, and it went to extra innings. And for some reason, people started leaving the building. It must have been relatively late, but mm-hmm. I think it was like a Friday night or something. Otherwise, I don't think my dad would have been out. For sure. Um, so people started leaving the building. So then Dad and I just like got up. We were kind of... We were, we were a little bit farther past the first base marker um, in the upper deck. So we just packed up and then scooched our way to the left. And then we were still upper deck, but we were directly behind center. Awesome. Uh, so it was a cool view. It felt like almost exciting because it was the first time that I had, you know, like cheated or whatever my way to a better seat. <laughs> uh, and within probably the first three or four batters, uh, Justin Morneau came up. And I think it was him, mm-hmm. and he hit a foul ball that went directly backwards, and my dad caught it. Awesome. So that <laughs> happened really quick. That is so sweet. <laughs> How about you? Uh, my biggest baseball
0: memory is actually one of disappointment, unfortunately. So, <laughs> Which
1: is a very pure way to <laughs> memorialize sports, if we're being honest. S- especially
0: as a Minnesotan. Um, yeah. So my favorite pitcher for the Twins for the longest time, other than Johan Santana was probably my yeah. favorite. The the next one was uh, Francisco Liriano. Sure. And he was just this... It was that his first season where he came onto the scene was, like, just pitching lights out. He was incredible. So fun to watch. Like, I watched him on TV and stuff. And so my dad and I got tickets to go see him pitch. And so we go, and we're so excited. It's going to be awesome. And then that was the game where he tore whatever he tore in warm-ups. Oh. So then they announced... <laughs> the best replacement pitcher for a young fan pitching for the Minnesota twins, Scott Baker. (laughs) It's like the most with with like that enthusiasm. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, yeah, we know you all came to see Francisco. But here is Scott Baker. Um, yeah. So that's probably the biggest memory. Other than that, my family has gone to games every, you know, every year, maybe a couple of summer and stuff. And, um, Mm -hmm last year probably the, I'll, I'll say a positive memory last year my wife and i went to a game for my birthday and uh um we were playing the i don't remember who we were playing but we we ended up up four three bottom of the ninth and trevor may was pitching and i had i literally told my wife i was like ah he's i think he's gonna blow it because he wasn't pitching super well um and so he got one out. He got two out. So there's one more out, and everyone's on their feet cheering. And he threw a strikeout for the last out. And it was just—it was so fun. Um,
1: really fun to see that kind of uh, that excitement of sneaking out a win. <laughs> now I, I've I've noticed as we've talked about our memories, I talked about Joe Mauer as one mm-hmm. of my early. Uh, favorites, partially because you know, when he came in and his dad said this kid's gonna bat 400, it was like, mm, You can't say that. <laughs> and then he almost did a couple times, they're like, That's Well, true. maybe you can say that. And then my my memory of my dad catching a Justin Moore no ball. Yep. And then you've been talking about, you know, Santana and Liriano and May. Yep, I can't help but notice the two characters that you and I have made, I have created a hitter and you have created a pitcher
0: bingo i've always been infatuated with uh watching really good pitchers i think it's fascinating watching how they can move the ball how they have just pinpoint accuracy um and i also just love the mentality of i'm gonna get up on this mound and you're gonna try and hit this ball that i throw at you but you're not gonna be able
1: to because that's how awesome right yeah it's a it's a interesting combination of deceit Mm -hmm. and brazen confidence
0: yes absolutely absolutely it's i i absolutely enjoy it i really love it now i'm remembering way back you played
1: baseball for a while didn't you i did i probably uh if you include like t-ball and the machine pitch and all that jazz i probably played for about 11 or 12 years Mm -hmm. something like that yep usually i would play uh either center field or second base mm-hmm. uh my current player that i made is a second baseman mm-hmm. who has you know other options to play whatever infield stuff sure. um but i would occasionally take a rotation as a pitcher mm-hmm. uh i wasn't a very big kid though i didn't have a super developed frame at that point in time mm-hmm. i probably didn't hit my growth spurt until maybe 10th or 11th grade or something mm-hmm. so i didn't really bring the heat and at that point the league that I played in um, there was, there was like a tiered structure in our community. There was um, like the traveling competitive league. Mm -hmm. Then there was the local competitive league. And then there was the local, everybody who signs up gets in league. And I was in that middle one. Um, I did not try out for the good league. I don't think I would have made it anyways, Mm -hmm. but the good league had, you know, like the ultra competitive kids and Mm -hmm. tied to them. They had the ultra competitive parents and that. Right. I I didn't know at the time, but my dad did. He knew that that wasn't going to be a a fun environment. So we we just went for the local competitive league. And for that league, there were uh, rules and regulations about what pitchers could do. Mm. Not to be fair to the batters necessarily, but because if you're 11 years old or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's not a good idea to be throwing a curveball because you're going to wreck your elbow. Yep. So um, it was basically a fastball a changeup, and that was kind of it mm. uh there were a couple exceptions to that rule usually in how you pitched like I, I know in one or two years there was a kid on my team who uh pitched sidearm mm. uh and i don't think it was necessarily like he was super good at sidearm he was just terrible <laughs> at the the standard you know <laughs> textbook delivery or whatever sure uh, but he did find sidearm and then i Like I said, I couldn't necessarily throw it super hard. I wasn't bringing the heat, and no one was allowed to do, you know, sliders or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But I did have a knuckleball. And a knuckleball doesn't have to be good when the batter is 12, because (laughs) when they see a knuckleball come towards their general direction in like a 15 degree window on either side of the plate even if it goes behind them they might swing out of confusion yeah. <laughs> so oh, oh that's good
0: i love the thought of like 11 or 12 year olds like i was chatting with my brother-in-law who was a, a pitcher like all through high school and he said yeah my dad was a coach and i'd be like you know 14 years old or something and i'd you know, he'd come out for a mound visit. and be like, "Yeah, I really think you should try and get a curveball on the outside of the plate." And he was like, "Dad, I'm trying not to hit the guy." Yeah, <laughs> I got. I don't have any control. I'm just trying not to become public enemy number one here.
1: Yeah, and and nobody nobody could, especially not in the league that I was in. Nobody could yep. put direction on anything. You know, right. it was like you're going to show up. You're going to hope you get it in that big box. <laughs> And that is the final step of your thought process. Then we're going to eat some orange slices, and then we're going Orange home. slices. <laughs> maybe maybe some popsicles. hmm Definitely. I do
0: have one memory of watching one of your games, and I don't know if you remember me being at this game, but I remember you got, like, a hit. You got a single, and I was sitting with, like, your mom and dad, and they were like, watch, she's going to steal second. And then you stole second. And then they're like, watch, she's going to steal third. And then you stole third. And then you... Almost stole home.
1: You were like chomping at the bit. I don't know if you remember that, but it was it was hilarious. I don't remember the stealing home portion, but I do remember we were one of the only teams that other other teams stole bases. Mm -hmm. But like we were one of the only teams that had third base coaches that actually did hand signals for a while. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Like you would think in that like middle tier league that they would do it. Mm hmm. And it was really simple stuff. You know, I, I don't know what hand signals are like nowadays in the MLB, mm-hmm. but it was just like they would do five motions where it was like hand swipe across the chest, hand touch the bill of the cap, hand touch the shoulder, hand touch the hip, hand touch the nose. And it was like if at any point I touch my nose, it means steel or something like that. It wasn't like it didn't have to have the order of the the gestures or anything like right. that. It was it was just the only thing to look out for was whatever the signal of the day was for steal. We didn't have like signals for, all right, lead off. We didn't have signals no. for like, okay, here's how you want to hit. It was just no. the signal only went to the runner on base. And I don't know if we ever stole when there were more than one person on. <laughs>
0: I also love that you narrated for the audio listeners. That's good. I was waiting for, you know, he'd do this and then this and then you do right, this and right. then this. <laughs>
1: If I just gest- gesticulate without actually saying what I'm doing. Yeah, it's perfect. It totally works. <laughs> yeah, so this uh, this foundational interest for baseball that we both have, mm-hmm. uh, I think it makes sense that we would both be interested in this PBE. I, as I mentioned earlier, was brought on by you. How yeah. did you find out about this? Yeah,
0: so uh, I have played out-of-the-park baseball for... Not a super long time, probably three years, I think. I think I played OOTP uh, nineteen twenty, and now I have 21. Um, and I found out about it, the that game originally. I was actually looking for a football simulation because I uh, am a huge football fan. Uh, and while searching for that, I found OOTP. And uh, I love to learn new things. When I'm playing a game, I want a game that I have to learn stuff. And OOTP is that because it is really really complex
1: uh, right yeah i mean even for, i i haven't played it at all but i have a a buddy who plays it a lot mm-hmm. um, he's also i don't know if he plays it because he really likes being a baseball like manager or yeah. if he plays it because he really likes baseball or if he plays it because i do know he has a tendency to bet on a lot of baseball games and wants <laughs> like <laughs> practice looking at analytics and simulations or what um it's not a bad but idea but from <laughs> I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if it works or not, but it's. Clever. Oh, it's,
0: I bet it does. I'm pretty sure I heard that OOTP has uh, predicted the World Series winner for like the last five or six years or something like that. They'll run a, like ten thousand simulations and then use that to guess. Hmm.
1: It's a lot of simulations. Is that that's the? Uh, I think if I remember right, that's the Monte Carlo method or something. Is if you just like do mass simulations mm-hmm. or maybe Monte Carlo specifically finances, but. Either way, from what I've seen, uh, like you were alluding to, OTP seems to be a very complex engine. It yeah. looks like it's very, uh, very math focused and very crunchy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know that uh, you were talking about. Well, you like you wanted a football simulator. Mm-hmm. I know that at some point, I don't know if the series did well enough to continue, and if it did, I don't know if it still did continue. But I know that there was a Madden head coach. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think that was around, but I I don't know if it still exists. Right. And as far as I know, um, I I don't know for sure, but it just seems to me like with the mechanics of each sport. Mm -hmm. Like, I think for I think there's a reason the movie Moneyball exists because of what actually happened in real life, obviously. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't think any other sport necessarily could quite fit the very top down thought process behind Moneyball of just, Mm -hmm. like, find efficiencies. Maybe you could kind of argue that basketball could do that because, like, that's kind of what Golden State did. They Mm -hmm. busted the game open because they just shot a million three-pointers at a very high efficiency rate or whatever. But there's something about baseball that I think lets the number-crunching influence decision a little bit more. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think
0: it's because... I think it boils down to the fact that it's essentially a one-on-one game with other things happening, but basically it's a pitcher and it's a batter and you can look into a ton of like saber metrics and all these deep analytical things to, to crunch out these numbers.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's a series of one-on-ones. It's the only time that the team gets involved is if the pitcher loses the one-on-one. Yep. Absolutely. Another uh, not really significant thought, but one thing that my dad said to me about baseball that I've always thought is interesting is baseball, and I guess cricket as well, but that's not really popular here. Mm -hmm. Baseball, at least in America, is the only major sport where the defense has the ball. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think it means anything, but it's just (laughs) like, it's just like one of those things that you can say, and it's like, oh, how about that? Yeah, that's very interesting
0: yeah for real that is very very unique to to baseball um yeah so i played ootp for a while right mm-hmm. and so i subscribed to the ootp now podcast which is um run by the like the i don't i don't remember his title one of the like coo or something of out of the park baseball runs it um uh, rich grisham is his name i believe and so have all kinds of interesting podcasts. They'll talk to some of their like content creators on uh, Steam, um, not Steam, Twitch, sorry. Uh, They'll talk to some makers of the game, all this really interesting content. Um, And so I listened to the one where Hummus God, the commissioner of PBE was on the podcast talking about the PBE. Uh, And the whole time I'm listening to it, I'm like, yeah, this is a really cool idea. And I I can really dig that. And then uh, the, the kind of turning point was he said that the, um, the teams are run by GMs who are actual people. I was like, "Whoa, that's really cool." And he said, "Yeah, so like you negotiate contracts with an actual person," and I was like, "That is the, the coolest thing ever." And he basically said, "You know, yeah, it's it's an awesome league, super cool community, and the immersion is fantastic." Um, and I was like, "Ooh, I gotta look into that." And after researching a little bit. Um, I was like, okay, this looks like a really cool thing that I can do that isn't going to take tons and tons of time every single week. And I can still get into it and enjoy it. Cause I did a, an online, uh, out of the park league, um, that I ended up having to abandon because they ran like three Sims a week. And so like three times a week, I had to spend like an hour plus figuring out what I was going to do with my entire organization and changing strategy and stuff like that. And it was fun, but like, I just didn't have the time to do it, you know?
1: right yeah it looks like this league is set up so as to accommodate people who don't want to pour in too much time but at the same time it seems like there are still some incentives for those who are more willing and able to be more interactive i don't know what exactly the payout system is in terms of whether it's the fictional money or if it's the stat boosts that you can Mm -hmm. get for your character or what but i know there's some form of incentive to for example be active on the media postings mm-hmm.
0: absolutely and i think that's something that is really unique within this league from hearing other people talk i think this kind of model has been used before but i think that the games that i've really gotten into are games that i can get immersed in whatever the world is mm-hmm. and so i think writing about your player writing about your experiences reviewing the games talking to each other about it all this stuff is uh they're all elements that will kind of draw you further into the world and the fact that they have incentivized it i think is incredibly brilliant in how they constructed the league
1: yeah and one thing that you and i have mentioned before this podcast in just these last two days or whatever Mm -hmm. it was because i mean i made my character on wednesday night and I think you made yours like, yeah, like the, the four, night before or something. Four days ago or something like four days that. That. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean one thing that we've already been able to tell in that chunk of time is it's it's going to be very satisfying in terms of progression. Because it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like, oh, if you play well, then you have a higher probability of you know getting better as a player or anything Mm -hmm. like that it's if you are active in the community you are guaranteed to have eventual potentially slow potentially fast depending Mm -hmm. on what the payout systems are i'm not entirely sure but you will get better it's not a likelihood it's just it's going to happen obviously the simulations are all based on you know statistic probabilities and whatever Mm -hmm. the program itself decides to have happen on the virtual field but you will get better as long as you're an active member of the community
0: Yeah. And one of the things that is frustrating about out of the park baseball is, you know, you're a GM, you're controlling your team, you're making draft picks, you're trading people, all this stuff. Right. And how the game is set up, a player has like current ratings that you can look at. You can look at their stats in previous years and then they have potential ratings, which is your scout saying, like, I think this guy could be really good. But there's also a chance that he just totally falls off the deep end and he doesn't realize that potential at all. So having that guaranteed you participate you do things your right, stats yeah. will get better or your ratings will get better i should say
1: and it's very different um you know i i think having that you know potential mm-hmm. thing that the, your your hypothetical scout looks at in the actual game itself i think that's accurate and fun mm-hmm. for the like top-down gm perspective yes but from someone in pbe like we are if you're making a dude yeah you don't want him to maybe get better because that could suck yeah for real so them having a system that guarantees statistical progress pretty Mm much is, uh i think i think really healthy for the player base i also have to assume that it's a boatload of work because i can't i can't imagine that anything happens other than you post your update page, you say, hey, I'm spending my TPE. I want to boost my stats to X, Y, and Z for these mm-hmm. three things. Someone probably just has to read that and then manually go into the game mm-hmm. and edit the stats of the player. I think that's accurate. I think they're called updaters.
0: I think maybe. I think I've seen them on the on the forum. But they uh, it's a ton of work to to you know keep all this stuff
1: going. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think it's just another another piece of supporting evidence that points to the fact that. This is definitely a labor of love. Yeah, you know, there's not, as far as I know, I don't think there's any actual money involved, unless like no. the GMs have like side bets against each other or something like that. But right. I mean, even even the website itself, um, unless I mean, I do have ad blocker on. Oops, but <laughs> it doesn't. It's not like it doesn't feel like the type of website that will just spam you with garbage. No. Yep. No, I agree. I see one little. One little car ad. I won't
0: say the name of it because, you know, don't give them free advertising or anything. We'd like like them to pay us on this podcast.
1: Sponsored, baby.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that'll probably happen in a couple of weeks. But um, so what, uh, as you mentioned, we are both brand new to this and obviously know everything about the league. Um, But what are what are your initial observations on uh, the community, on the experience, uh, you know, kind of all that stuff?
1: So I think my initial observations on the experience are new enough that I don't think they're necessarily worth mentioning yet because, you know, I haven't witnessed the games or anything yep. like that. I haven't wit- I haven't witnessed uh, anything having to do with my player other than the creation of the player and mm-hmm. then the immediate sort of automatic update that you're supposed to do during rookie tasks, you know, giving yourself right. the the CA or AC whatever it is. And then like the free gym session and all that mm-hmm. jazz. Yep.
0: Um
1: Instead, I have had obviously exposure to the community
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's exceptionally welcoming. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: I, I mean, I haven't had anybody, you know, like say, Hey, back off, bub Dillo's are my team or anything right. like that. <laughs> And I'm sure there's probably some amount of ego that exists somewhere in the community, but at the very least, as of now, it has been handily drowned out by all the people who are eager to be supportive. Um, You know, especially uh, Enoch, Mm -hmm. you know, showed up in my uh, Discord messaging and just, like, started helping me. I didn't ask him for help. I just kind of posted a general question Mm -hmm. in the... I think Rookie's channel at that time. Mm-hmm. And he just decided, okay, I'm going to make sure this kid knows what's going on. So yeah. he just showed up and walked me through, you know, five or six different things that I was having trouble with.
0: Yeah. And I think for a website that is not necessarily the easiest to maneuver or the easiest to figure out what you're supposed to be doing, um, the fact that I, I mean, I had a couple of guys jump on immediately and, you know, say, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're not supposed to do. You know, super, super helpful community up until this point, because otherwise, to be honest, if I was only going off of the website, not only would I have done many things incorrectly up to this point, I probably would have just given up on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, I mean, this is I, I've said this to a couple of people mm-hmm. uh, in the community. This is my first experience in um, a forum based community. Same. So uh, just like the navigation of the site, like you alluded to, is not necessarily inherently user-friendly, but that's uh, that's where the rest of the community
0: comes in to help out. Yeah, for sure. And once I've learned where things are, it then makes sense. Like I'm not, I don't feel like I'm still drowning trying to figure out what's going on. Um,
1: I just needed somebody to, you
0: know, show me the way.
1: Yeah. And I, like all things, I'm sure there will be a, learning curve that once we get used to it it'll be second hand yeah. it'll it'll be it'll take care of itself it's just a little bit of a, a little bit of a climb to get there yeah for sure uh
0: so why don't you tell us about your your player your character which first off i feel like it's important to note that you and i have played a lot of rpg games where you have to create yes. a player yes that's super um, important
1: yeah, Dr. K and I, uh, amongst those summers that we alluded to earlier, uh, we played a lot of not necessarily Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. uh, proper, but there was a Star Wars spin-off of Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons. I think called like Scum and Villainy or something like that. I think that was one of the books. Okay, yeah, that might have been one of the expansions. But it was yeah. it was basically a a Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons based on specifically the uh i think 3.5 yeah i think e. so
0: in terms of the mechanics
1: um, yeah so since you know the age of 12 or 13 or whatever i was when we started doing that i have not been shy from the concept of establishing a character
0: yeah absolutely
1: and uh I, you you and I both established characters mm-hmm. over these last five days uh, we just took uh, very different directional approaches to it I would say yeah yep I would agree uh, so Wallaby Hickams is not a clever man but he does like to play the games ball and even though he's By no stretch of the imagination, wise, intelligent, or coordinated, for some reason when he steps on that game's ball field, things line up, and he finds his feet beneath him. The one thing that no one can figure out, or there's two things that no one can figure out how to fix. Um, He always closes his eyes when he swings the bat, because he doesn't want to see the ball get hurt. (laughs) Somehow it hasn't drastically affected the rate at which he makes contact. Uh, So it's not a huge problem. There's also no evidence that he would be better with his eyes open. So people have just let it happen for now. And the second is he's a, he's a right-handed fielder, which works well because you know, second base, just Mm -hmm. give a quick jab over to first. If you get a ground or something like that, Yep. nice little flip to the shortstop covering second, if you're trying to turn a double, Uh, but he bats left-handed, not because of differences in eye dominance or anything like that, uh, but coaches have never been able to figure out how to get him to hold the right hand above the other. And by right, I mean, correct. So instead of changing his grip, cause it was impossible. They just told him to stand on the other side of the plate. So he bats lefty <laughs> and it works out. Okay. Other than that, he's a, he's a sweet kid. He's very kind, very pleasant mm-hmm. and enigmatic because By golly, by howdy, there's no way he should be as good as he is. (laughs) Can't
0: wait to see what happens with this young man once he gets to the PBE and, you know, some coach gets him to open his eyes when the balls come to the plate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So from a from a narrative standpoint, I have to imagine your. Oh, uh, by the way, my my second baseman is the magician archetype. I don't know exactly what that is. I don't know if that's a component of. OTP itself or what, but not specifically. I think it's PBE created archetypes. I, from
0: what I have seen, I think it has to do with the maximum stat you can reach in each category.
1: Right there, I, yeah. I'm, I, mean, I assume the archetypes are based on if you create the ideal player for this archetype,
0: mm-hmm.
1: this is the stat line that we think correlates to X player in real life who yeah. we think fits this archetype or something yeah, like I that. I think so too. So I, I picked Magician, hoping he'd be... Um, Magician? <laughs> a, a real solid fielder. I, I assumed Magician kind of implied, you know, like, yep. oh, how did he make that, like, catch or flip mm-hmm. to second or how, wh- whatever? Yep. Um, and when I was contacted earlier during the waiver signing period by one of the GMs, mm-hmm. uh, I told him that the fielder that I was looking to make was a stable batter who was a great fielder. So I was kind of trying to go for like a, an infield version of Ichiro, is what I said. Um, So while I imagine the backstory narrative of my magician fielder is a little bit different than the narrative of your character, would you, would you enlighten the audience about the control freak Giuseppe Tosin?
0: Yeah. So, uh, so basically I decided to go with a pitcher and, as you alluded to, uh, went for a more serious storyline. Um, basically just made it a young kid from Cuba who, you know, has been pitching forever and, you know, super happy to make it into the minors. Um, I made him a lefty because I've always loved left-handed pitchers. Um, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, Johan Santana and Francisco Liriano, both lefties. Um, so figure I'd go with lefties. Uh, for my character... I chose the control freak archetype because especially this last year, watching Kenta Maeda pitch, um, I really enjoyed watching a pitcher who doesn't throw super, super hard, but someone who can move the ball, who can place the ball and who can, you know, really succeed without the quote unquote God given ability to throw the ball hundred miles an hour. Right. Essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I I really liked the idea of the control freak. I also have had success in OOTP with pitchers who have high movement and high control. So I thought also from a min-maxing standpoint, that would be a good
1: move. Sure. And speaking of min-maxing, it is interesting how, you know, in almost every other sport game that I have played, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I haven't even played many of the less number crunchy baseball games you know i haven't really played MLB the show mm-hmm. or whatever there's probably some predecessor for it i don't know sure but in things like Madden or NBA 2K and stuff like that everybody has the same set like stat sheet mm-hmm. and those stat sheets are just distributed differently depending on the position you play so you know a quarterback is going to have really high throw power throw accuracy and throw accuracy deep and throw accuracy short and stuff like that mm-hmm and a puncher is going to have really high kick power, kick accuracy, but they're going to be terrible if they look at the other column. Mm -hmm. However, for OOTP's system, you and I just have different stats. Mm -hmm. Like we don't, we don't share anything. I don't have a control stat. And I assume that you don't have a BABIP or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: There's if, if you dug into the actual game, you do have those other stats, but I, I appreciate that PBE doesn't even mess with them. It's like it's just not even a
1: not even worth the time to to mess around with it, in my opinion. I mean, I got to imagine, like, the pitchers probably do have those stats because, you know, American national matchups or something For like sure. that. And then batters probably have to have pitching stats in case you're getting blown out 19 to 4. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> just have a position player get in, like, whatever. Just, just kill us already. Burn any pitchers. Yeah. That just made me think.
0: Do you know if this league has a DL? Mm, I haven't DL?
1: even looked. Oh, sorry, DH. <laughs> I, yeah, I think they do. Pardon um, my stroke. I don't think, uh, as far as I know, I don't think pitchers bat at all in this league. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen anything about people doing
0: both. Yeah, I think you're correct. Let me. I've got the index up. Let me. Yeah, I've pulled up a pitcher's page, and it's all pitching
1: stats i don't see anything about batting. right i did see uh one of the rookies i don't know if it was a rookie one of my fellow rookies on the armadillos Mm -hmm. or if it was just a rookie on the rookie discord or what Mm -hmm. but one of them did say something about or maybe a maybe a gm said something to them about you know you might be a dh or something like that so I, i know that dhs exist i don't know if pitchers hit at all so it might be only dhs or something like that that would make sense i would imagine um cool all right so
0: you got drafted to the armadillos have you do you know anything about the team in general
1: uh i did a little bit of research um and you know when i when i first looked at it the history of the minor leagues in the what is this 19 years or something like that Mm -hmm. the Dillos have Uh, it appears to be four championships in the minors which is more than their fair share you know everyone should have between two and three at this point right Um, in theory (laughs) in theory If, if it was like you know perfect parody yep um but one thing that i actually like about it is they have the fourth championship in the fictional year of 2024 and mm-hmm. they have the third most recent in the fictional year of 2036 mm-hmm. and then they have two that are like smack in the middle of 2029 and 2030 so what that mm-hmm. says to me is i'm sure there's room for volatility in the minors in this league because there's only eight teams so right. you know it's probably pretty easy to have some pretty big swings up and down mm-hmm. but if at the beginning of the league and at the end of the league or not end at if at the beginning of the league and the current state of the league. and the midway point between those two they have rings at all those points Mm -hmm. to me that kind of shows stability and they're probably you know usually in the fight but again like i said with only eight teams there's a probably a pretty good amount of volatility so who knows maybe in 2026 they might have been absolute dog i don't know it's possible it's totally possible
0: yeah, that, I mean, that theory makes a lot of sense that it they've had some prolonged exce- success over a, a wide number of years,
1: which is, is super positive. Right. And uh, it, was, it was also kind of fun um, reassuring my uh, reaffirming, I should say, my initial suspicion or hope or whatever you want to call it, that this mm-hmm. was a Less. Serious, not less serious because, you know, people still want to make good players and they still mm-hmm. want to win. For sure. But it was, a, it was a little bit less of a white knuckle league uh, where part of the reason that I got selected via waivers to go to the Armadillos is because for my rookie tasks, my media piece was a power ranking of the quality of mascots of each team. <laughs> and I put the Armadillos as number one for a variety of reasons. And you're like, yeah, that's part of why we picked you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's <like, laughs> I just I like the fact that it's like a little bit more of a casual like happy-go-lucky atmosphere. It's not just, well, what do we think he can provide necessarily?
0: Absolutely. And I think you can also see that type of, you know, fun loving. We're we're here to have fun. You know, it's ultimately a game kind of a thing in a lot of the names like Sailor Twift or a cardboard cutout (laughs) of Derek Jeter (laughs) or first name, last name. You know, all these all these you know players in the league who a lot of them are really good players they, their name is just hilarious
1: right and, and it, it's not just the name but also the fact that you know first name last name who apparently was i think he's retired now but apparently first name last name was one of the best players in the league and a his name is first name last name so like <laughs> already funny yep. but b his character and his signature is it's just Danny DeVito. <laughs> so, you know, there's this, there's this air of humor that envelops a lot of the league. And I think that really helps um, a lot. And it's Absolutely. not like, and it's not like the humor is disruptive because as we just said, you know, Danny DeVito was mm. one of the best players in the league, but also the death Valley Scorpions, yep. I think just won the most recent, season. I believe so, yep. So, you know, there's team success stapled on a name built on comedy. Yep. Um and I, I mean, even the Armadillos specifically, they were only one game behind from I don't I don't know the playoff structure, but they were only one mm-hmm. game behind from the Kansas City Hepcats in the last simulated season. Mm-hmm. So, like they're still running the organization well, yep. and they picked me for the reason they did. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily just a pure math thing. Yeah. Uh, But you and I are going to have very different experiences because I'm going into the Armadillos, who are only one game behind from the Hepcats. And there are uh, three other... I think there's three other second basemen on the team for me. And two of them... I don't remember the third one, but two of them have a war of over two. So like Mm -hmm. they're pretty good. And they have total stat values of like mid 200s or something like that so Mm -hmm. i'm definitely you know gonna have to play catch up yep but it sounds that it sounds to me like your experience is going to be a lot different Mm because you are on a last place dynamos team that had six first round draft picks (laughs) and according to what you were telling me it's very likely that you're going to get some maybe starts but at least a lot of innings
0: yeah i think so and so i'm playing for the dallas dynamos got picked up on waivers by them and they messaged me really early um, in the process, like the day I created my character. Um, messaged me just asking about my interest in the league and all this stuff. It's basically said, hey, we've got the first waiver claim and we're looking to potentially pick you up. Um, so I had looked at the team prior to the actual you know, waiver announcements and saw that they definitely struggled last year with only 42 wins. They were in last place in the minors. Um, and it looks like they, they have got decent bats but need some help with pitching is kind of what the quick diagnosis was. Um, and so I, my, my initial uh, emotions about it was like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about going to a, you know, a rebuilding team or a, a weaker team. You know, it's the same idea as like, you know, looking at the NFL draft. It's like, hey, you're the best college player. Congratulations. You're going to go to the New York Jets where your career will probably die.
1: Yeah. Or Jacksonville or something yeah. or yep. something,
0: some dumpster fire, you know, and it's a little different with like major league baseball. Cause you go to minors and you know, all that kind of stuff happens. But I'm so consistent. looking at my own, um, my own player's path here, I was like, all right, well, we'll see how that, how it goes. So I was excited about it, excited to join a club, you know, a clubhouse or a, um, a locker room and to, uh, you know, to contribute and to hopefully, hopefully win. And then we get to draft night and I find out that, you know, like you mentioned, I think they had six first round picks. And then I started to get really hyped. I was like, hey, this could be like a team that turns it around really quick. And as you mentioned, the the volatility of probably only having eight teams, you know, it's probably easier to go from worst to first, um, potentially. And uh, in talking with the the GM um, you know about it he basically says they've been prepping for this season and you know subsequent seasons for like three years making trades away building up draft capital kind of for a push right now so I'm super stoked to be a part of a team that's like really going for it right now um, mm-hmm. and I my, my character is a starting pitcher but I am fully aware of the fact that I'll probably start out on the bullpen like a lot of you know pitchers end up doing um, so the hope is to get some some innings to build up my TPE and stuff this year with hopes of starting, you know, soon down the road.
1: Right. And I think that's uh, a good mentality for both of us to have, because,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, let's face it, we made our characters within the last week. So yep. our stats are Garbo. Oh, we suck.
0: We're so we're bad. not
1: we're not going to be good for many weeks of real yep. time. Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah. Lots um, months. I don't know exactly how the payout system works necessarily, but I mean, you and I both did all of our rookie tasks Mm -hmm. and there's also whatever the rookie like signing bonus is or Mm -hmm. whatever. So we're going to have some amount of money and we are encouraged to, uh, you know, spend it, invest in ourselves. So Mm -hmm. a combination of us writing our... I, you had over 750 words for your bio mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Yep. Yeah. So a combination of that plus, uh, you know, weekly ACs and weekly gym sessions. And I think I'll have to double check with this, but it sounded to me from my GM that uh, the free gym session that you got in your mm-hmm. rookie tasks does not count against this week's gym session. So I think oh, nice. you can buy a quote second gym session this week i think you can only purchase one per week but i think the free one doesn't count against it i'll have to double check on that but i think we might have another uh three points coming our way Mm -hmm. um but like that combined with the influx of money that we're gonna get for those rookie tasks being able to purchase the 15 stat boosts from uh rookie equipment Mm -hmm. combined with whatever we're going to get paid for however many of these that we're going to do yeah i think it'll be relatively easy to invest quickly in ourselves yeah my only i don't want to say concern but my only point of curiosity is i don't know if there are dollar slash statistical benefits to playing more Hmm. you know uh i i don't know if game time gets you stat boosts because sure if that's the case, then I think you are definitely in an advantageous situation compared to me because you're probably going to get more game time. So you might right. accelerate a little bit faster. But for that reason, I feel like that's probably not the case. Right. I agree. Because they know if that was the case, it would just be like a win more system and the better yeah. people would get more time because yeah. they would get more stat boosts and they Which would be even richer. better and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like you and I probably have already been exposed to all of the ways that we can get better. hmm. And now it's just a matter of being diligent enough to do them every week. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the nice thing. Another nice thing about the structure
0: is that it's you got to do it sometime that week. So if you do it on Monday and then or, you know, one week, great. If you wait till Friday that next week, it, you know, it's still all good. You don't have to do anything today. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I I still I set up a a weekly reminder on my phone for Saturdays at three in the afternoon because I don't know if every team has their own banker or if Mm -hmm. the league has a banker or if the minor league has a banker or what, but um, I saw a message from at least the person who I think deposits my payroll. Mm -hmm. And he said that he does payroll when he's done with work on Fridays. So I'll probably just wait to do my updates until after I get paid and then I can spend whatever I want. Nice. Blah, blah, blah. That's good. So your personal banker was letting you know what he did. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And my bank account is number, 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 number. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, very disappointed to find out that this was not real money. I thought I made like $15 million in
1: an afternoon. It was very exciting for about. Yeah, that would have been speedy. Yeah. I would have in the course of about three hours of player creation, I would have retired.
0: Yeah, for real. And I mean, I, I have made $15 in real life. It just took me a couple of years rather than a day. That was I, facetious. I, I, think I, the, I think
1: the joke was supposed to be fifteen million, <laughs> yeah. but you just said fifteen.
0: Oh, did I say fifteen? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: have made fifteen dollars. It just took me a while. A couple of years. <laughs> I
1: scrounged it from the side of the road. Oh man, I nailed that. Exclusively from curbs alongside Denny's parking lots. That
0: was a better joke than I meant it to be. Just by my
1: messing <laughs> up. <laughs> Right, I was like, I was try- I was following your tone of voice. It's like, I don't think he knows he said dollars.
0: <laughs> oh, nailed it. That's how you do it. Uh, <laughs> so, looking ahead at our hopefully long and illustrious careers in the PBE, yeah. what are you hoping to get from this league? Uh,
1: I mean... Besides $15 million. <laughs> right. I, I mean... I think the real answer is I'm not personally looking to get anything. It's not like I'm going to have, you know, like bragging rights in my social circle. If Wallaby Hickams becomes (laughs) a really good player in the simulated league or anything like that. I think it's just a fun, uh, a fun time sink and something that has a low but rewarding investment in terms of just enjoying the activity for sure. Uh, I think if anything, I would enjoy getting to the point where Wallaby Hickams is, you know, a a name that people know. Yeah, I think I think that'd be funny just because the character I made is awful. (laughs) This is
0: hilarious. Yes, is absolutely hilarious. And I think you've already gotten some love you know, on the forums for some of your writing. Because, by the way, if if anyone listening, nobody's listening at this point, but if anyone no, listening no. Uh, has not read any of, of Blowpop's posts, he's an excellent writer and a hilarious writer. So I think you've already gotten some love, and I'm assuming because of your involvement on the forums and your, your type of humor and style of writing, I think people will get to know all Hickams pretty quick.
1: Hopefully. Um, I mean, like... And again, the writings show a difference in the type of characters that you and I build because you just posted your character's good luck charm story, I think, earlier today. Mm -hmm. And it's talking about, like, you know, Giuseppe's Giuseppe's father is like a man who rarely speaks, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that he was a bad father. Yeah. Whereas Wallaby Hickam's good luck story is about him accidentally crushing a cricket in a mason jar because he put a bunch of neat-looking gravel in the jar with it. So you know, there's there's a different connotation of the type of player. Yeah, that, a different, a different flavor of fun. Right.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. I I totally agree with with your thoughts on that. It's like it seems like a fun thing to do, a bit of a time sink, but not one that's crazy, um, and just one that we can just kind of have fun and just enjoy a game, you know?
1: Yeah, and if you like, if you're super bogged down one week. Mm-hmm. you literally just log in type in the ac thread type in like i want to go to the gym yeah. get your plus six they'll do the update thread and that's it and yep. it's like five minutes it's peace like, out deuces yeah yeah so you can still contribute to the productivity of the team like you, you don't have to like leave the team behind but it's not right. like you have to sit and write a media article or anything yep. like that
0: absolutely and i Another thing that I think is going to be really fun is the fact that they stream the games on Twitch, but like you don't have to be at the games. You know what I
1: mean? Right. Yeah. So there's like you can you can look up how you did. You don't have to watch how you do.
0: Yes, exactly. And granted, I'm totally going to try and hop on some streams when I'm playing because that is going to be a fun thing. Um, Yeah. But there's no like you have to be here at 7 p.m. on Thursdays. No. Which is nice which is super, super nice. But um, I also appreciate that we have incentives to do podcasts because that's, like, you and I talk a lot. So just putting on a microphone <laughs> yeah. and chatting and then getting paid $4 million, that's a pretty good amount of money for, you know, an hours of work.
1: Right, and it's it's kind of, like, the more I think about the concept of money in this league, mm-hmm. especially in this first season that you and I are doing, Uh, where you can only spend for us $500,000 per week Mm -hmm. on gym training and $5 million total for the whole season on equipment. Mm -hmm. You know, if we we hypothetically do one of these every week and we stack up $4 million per week on top of the at least $9 million that we get from the rookie tasks and Mm -hmm. then whatever the rookie signing stuff is, I don't know what yours is, but. Mm -hmm. I think um, it's all the same. We all get the same contract probably i mean i would have to assume so yeah but like if if yours is the same as mine and if we hit an hour on today's session which we probably will just by Mm -hmm. the feel of it i mean like my character can spend a maximum of five and a half million dollars tomorrow and then a maximum of half a million dollars a week for the rest of the season right but he's already going to have like what is that 18 million dollars or something like that right Exactly. Like there's no way that I'm going to be able to chew through all of it. Right. And if we do more podcasts all the time, I don't see a way that we can spend everything, especially right. in this first season where our equipment is like locked behind. Exactly. experience, Which is really
0: nice. Cause for, I mean, systems like this that you see out in the real world where you have to gain some sort of game currency, use that currency to improve, you know, a lot of them are based off of like microtransactions, and like saying, right. you know, you know, a, a game that I loved to play um, for a long time, New Star Soccer. It's like a, a perfect game to play while you're on the toilet on your phone. It's just like a fun little game, but it's set up so that you have to spend money. It's right. like, you know, every single statistic is set up so that if you don't do everything absolutely perfectly, you'll always be behind the eight ball. So having a system like this where... I think we're going to be set on money as long as we continue to, you know, be involved is a really, you know, really welcoming.
1: Yeah. Just you know, show mechanic. up. Just be, just be part of the us, yeah. the, the, every the collective. Yeah. Which is,
0: which is cool. I can dig that. It, it makes it a lot more laid back and um, yeah. Yeah. More
1: welcoming. Yeah. It certainly makes it pr- approachable. And also the fact that your, your players rookie season is limited to what equipment you can buy I think is also a good idea because even though hypothetically I'm pretty sure that you and I could eventually afford like a tier three or four equipment upgrade if we keep churning mm-hmm. these podcast things out. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can't do that I think is nice because someone like uh, person man who already had an exceptionally lucrative career with first name, last name mm-hmm. He made a new character in this draft that we just had, Mm -hmm. and it would be exceptionally lopsided if he was able to make a new player, not invest any of his personal time with podcasts or anything, not do the rookie tasks because he already did them. Mm -hmm. And if he just already had like 60 million in the bank or something, because the money stays with you and not the player. Right. So if he could just show up and immediately buy the best stat package, it'd be Mm -hmm. like, well, hey, come on, that's that's dumb for sure granted he can do it next year but like yeah whatever at least it's not an immediate disparity yeah a little more level playing field from the get-go at least
0: which is is nice and it gives you you know on another level it gives you incentive to
1: continue in the league you know it's like oh next year i'll be able to do this right and that that whole notion of equality and parity is also reflected by the existence of the rookie tasks and how they are only able to be done once yep. per account. You know, yep. you and I getting this, you know, $9 million injection is super helpful mm-hmm. just because A, it allows us to continually buy gym passes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: B, it allows us to probably, I, I have to assume I'm going to buy the rookie equipment upgrade. Mm-hmm. And C, we're not drastically behind someone like person man who's coming back for at least second iteration of a character i don't know if he's been around longer than that but yeah i have no idea
0: but yes that i think it's a good a good setup and a good system overall
1: right and also i'm not like i'm not necessarily worried about what it would be like without it either because from the attitudes of everybody that i've talked to i haven't had any notion of like competing for bragging rights or anything like that. So I don't think my initial impression from the community is in general, it doesn't feel like one where people would bank up hard reset and then just try to like stomp kids right at the start. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it seems like
0: they have some rules in place, but also the general idea is that of we're working with a simulation. We're not, And this, that simulation is not, you know, how would Mike Trout do against high schoolers? Uh, really well is the answer. Is the um, answer yeah. <laughs> makes it a little more of a level playing field, which is is really nice. Yeah. Works out well. So right now, first, we're in our first week. This is our first podcast, first ideas. What are some end goals or maybe predictions
1: for your character, for your player? Um, I mean, I think really really broad stroke brush here mm-hmm. uh like i said earlier i like the notion of being a fielder first batter second not to sound like i want to deprioritize batting mm-hmm. but i kind of want to make a player that's like how i was on the field and sure. i was a really good fielder and an okay batter yep and my batting was the reason that i stopped playing just because <laughs> You know, I developed slower, so other kids started throwing faster because they had longer arms all of a sudden, stuff like yep. that. Yep. But I also just like the idea of, you know, Derek Jeter was not famous because he banged out homers. Right. Derek Jeter was famous because he snagged that snow cone grounder that he shouldn't have, mm-hmm. jumped, did the splits to get that, you know money shot from the cameras on mm-hmm. the dugouts or whatever, mm-hmm. and then whipped it across the whole infield and everyone said, oh my goodness, how did he do that? Yeah. So I, I kind of like that notion of, you know, just being a defensive stalwart in the infield, something yeah. like that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think it's really cool hearing you describe all of that because it sounds to me like, you know, if you were to tell somebody about your D&D character and you decided that you wanted to be, insert class here because you liked the feel of what that thing was you know what i mean which is pretty cool
1: yeah i think it works well in terms of less mushy mm-hmm. goals if i want if i had a more concrete goal it sure it'd be cool to be on like a championship team or something like that For sure. whether in the minors or the majors i don't think it really matters too much obviously minors it's easier just because there's fewer teams mm-hmm. but uh whatever And if nothing else, I would like, assuming I stick with this community for a long enough time, Mm -hmm. I would like to have a successful enough career with Wallaby that when he retires, A, people like congratulate Mm -hmm. him on the successful career and they're like, oh, I'll miss him or something. And B, I have a big enough bank account that I can just like start something new comfortably and go for a different archetype or something. For sure. Yeah, I can dig that. Those are some good goals. Some good thoughts. Are you Are you shooting for a Cy Young or anything like that? Whatever I mean, this be, league's Cy Young is, I think they have a different name for it. Um, yeah, I
0: think like the Giuseppe Tosin Award. Yeah, that's right. We'll rename it after me. No, I, I, I'm I'm guessing I would never get to that point. The um, first player to have an ERA in the negatives. That's right. I scored a point, so they gave me a negative ear. No.
1: Um This dude fanned us so bad that he won the next game.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I like the way you did that, like broad strokes. It'd be awesome to be on a championship team. Um, even just in the locker room today, the guys were talking about, you know, hope we get to the championship this year, stuff like that. And guys were chiming in, Oh, I won the championship this year with this team. And I was like, that's awesome. And it, it seems like it's a cool bragging rights type of thing. That's like, man, you remember when I won the championship back then? It's not like, haha, I have a championship and you don't cause you suck. Uh, right. even though You do. Um, so it, I I, do. I, I really dig that, uh, that kind of mentality about it. So it's like, it'll be really cool if it happens. And that's, I, I think that comes in part from the fact that we're ultimately playing a simulation. That's yeah. Like,
1: I mean, nobody's going out there and swinging the bat yeah. someone. You're making an investment decision and saying, I hope the RNG of whatever the software does yeah. says, okay, you got to hit that time. Yep. Absolutely. So I think that's super cool.
0: Um, like kind of more concrete goals. I'd love to make the starting rotation in a minor league team. And then I'd love to make a starting rotation in the majors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be really cool. It looks like starting rotations are only three pitchers, sometimes four.
1: So it seems like it would be a more coveted role. Right. I think uh, during the draft, I think I heard them say when they were talking about Dallas
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that I don't, I don't know. if. So I'm kind of confused on this because yeah. you got signed on waivers at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah. The draft off like obviously the draft already happened before right. last night. Last yep. night was just the presentation of it. Yep. So I don't know when you got signed. So at some point the commentators for the draft said something about like Dallas has I think they said five starting pitchers and then six that can come in and relieve. I don't know if that number included you or not because I don't yeah. know if that number was after the draft or if that number sure. was as of right now at which point yeah. you had already been signed. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. How those numbers, it's uh, also getting used to when does the updater update the index versus the, you know, we'll get used to kind of all those weekly rhythms and, you know, right figuring out where we can look and when we can look for specific information, mm-hmm. um, I would imagine. But, um, yeah, so starting rotation would be great eventually. And then making the majors would be will be awesome. Um, I'm not sure when we are eligible to go to the majors or how that works with the draft necessarily. But in tuning in for a couple of minutes to the major league draft, like that'll be a cool moment when you're, you know, you've been with your character for X amount of months, real lifetime. And then they finally are getting to the majors will be kind of a cool accomplishment.
1: Right. I, I mean, I have to assume people probably don't get called up until they're at least in the 300 ish region. I would imagine maybe even more. Right. I mean, like the the hard cap of 350 in the minors has to exist for a reason. Right. And that reason that was told to me by a GM. Who, I I haven't said who the GM mm-hmm. other, other than the Armadillo's GM. I haven't said who the GM who contacted me was just because mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm like supposed to keep it confidential yeah, oh, yeah. or something. But this GM that I was talking to that wasn't the Dillo GM mm-hmm. uh, said to me that. The 350 cap is set because if someone gets sent down from the majors, Mm -hmm. it's so they don't just obliterate everybody. And it makes total logical sense, but that says to me, if someone with a 350 can get sent down, Mm -hmm. that's probably about the boiling point for when you can get picked up. I would imagine. It's got to be close
0: to it, at least. Yeah. But that's all stuff we'll figure out, you know, as we learn
1: more about the league and as we continue on. Yeah, I mean, that's probably... I don't imagine we'll crack 200 for probably a month and a half yeah, or I would, two. I would imagine. Cause uh, you sent me the schedule last night, but it, mm-hmm. like, it looks like there's this week has been like off season. Next mm-hmm. week is preseason. And then I think it's yeah. like a seven week season season. Uh, I think and that then a one week right. postseason or something like that. And if that's the case, then I think this one's a little bit wonky because of the holiday season that we just went through. Mm. Um, but You know, that's like about a 10-week real-life season or something like that, it sounds like. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, that's we can get 15 points per season now Mm -hmm. from equipment. We can get up to, it was like 38 or 45 or something like that Mm -hmm. in future seasons, depending on how much we spend. But then, at minimum, we're going to get six a week from gyms and ACs. Mm -hmm. So by the end of the season, that's plus 60-ish. Right. And then I don't know if there are other ways to directly get stat boosts. I know there yeah. are other ways to get money. I think you get paid for media stuffs that you do.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you right. don't.
1: But I don't know if there are other ways to get stat boosts. If there are, it might be some in-game stuff. But like right. we talked about earlier, it's probably pretty minor because they don't want people to get into a win-more situation.
0: Yeah, so, so I, th- I think... My my GM sent me a list of everything you can do in a week, so it's like we said, it's an activity check and training, and then it looks like there's some sort of predictions, looking ahead to different game predictions. You can put, you know, put a prediction of some kind. There's a point task, which is like 200 words on a specific prompt, and then there's a journal point task, which is 150 words, like in a journal style, like how your player's doing. Um, and I don't know where either of those, well, either of those last three are. In terms of on the forum, I'll have to figure that out. Um, and then the last okay. thing you can also do is there's a picture chain. So post some sort of relevant picture, you know, in a thread. Which I don't really know what that means either. But all, I think those are all of the different options for us to be earning.
1: Right. Well, if we make the lowball assumption that all of those are one point, then that's mm-hmm. 10 points per week. Yeah, that's still huge. So, you know, we'll... And and another thing is because we have such a low stat point mm-hmm. 10 points for us is a lot more impactful than 10 points for someone who already has like 250 or whatever. Oh yeah. Absolutely, especially the upgrading scale. Right, yeah. Our upgrades will be cheaper, so we'll get more mileage out of those points and our upgrades are in proportion to our stat total larger, so we'll make a higher right. like percent growth. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, I just realized
0: that we are doing one of my biggest pet peeves and that is going over. No, not at all. No. <laughs> no. The fact that we are doing a podcast about something we really have no knowledge of. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, have you ever watched someone playing a video game and they just suck at the video game and you're like, what
1: are you what are you doing? That's not well, how that that, that's different. That's uh, that's different because if you're bad at a video game because you're new, that's part of the growing experience. That's true. Uh, it'd, it'd be different if they were joining if they were talking about the video game and talking about like the flaws of the game or something sure. like that. i yeah. don't think we've encroached on that territory i at don't all. think
0: so either i don't think so either but that's also assuming somebody would listen to this other than the greater which yeah
1: the greater is not going to listen to it the greater is gonna listen to the first 15 seconds and then yep. they're going to scroll to like 20 minutes in yep. and see if we're still on topic yep. and then they're going to scroll to 40 minutes in and see if we're still on topic and which then we're going to scroll to right now yep. where we're calling them out for not listening awesome so
0: i'd like to you know with that i'd like <laughs> to thank the grader for scrubbing to this point uh we really appreciate it we'll try and wrap this up really quick you know quickly and neatly for you uh to all the listeners out there there were none which there aren't any we would like to thank you for taking the time in your day no they days. didn't um to to listen through this podcast we really appreciate it uh a shout out to all of our subscribers we just hit the hundred thousand i'm just kidding we
1: did not <laughs> we have we, ju- do, we, we haven't, we haven't even subscribed to our own podcast i don't even think i've created a place to put this podcast but that is something to I, that means out. i'm correct
0: yes so uh anyways thank you guys for not listening along and we will see you next
1: week Godíllos.